Indeed, we are back with another episode of the High Vibrations Only Podcast where we're all about inspiration, motivation, and elevation. We want to make you feel good, make you feel like you can take on the world because guess what, baby? You can take on the world. And I am excited today. Listen, it's Nigeria. It's in the building. Listen, let me tell you something. This guest, my brother, he is... An Afrobeat sensation. He is a singer, songwriter. He is a composer. He is a lot of things. He's also a human rights activist. I am so excited. I am elated to have on the show today my brother from another T-Mania. How you doing, bro? Yeah, there we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you, my guy. How yes, you sir. Listen, I date. Let me tell you something. But he did for clots, as we say. Cheese. Hey. Ah, I see you. I see you. Ninja in the building. Nigeria's fine. Oh, my God. Thank you for the shirt. Thank you for clouding like my shirt. Yes, Nigeria's fine. But listen, let me tell you something. I am so excited to have you on the show, man. Um, we met. A couple of months ago, I think, in New York, when you came on the ARM podcast um, through my brother, Jonathan, and um, it was amazing. And I said to myself, I would love to have him on my pod because a lot of times we see people from a distance who are making it and represented for the culture. But it's something different when you have someone close to you um, who's really making it out here and he's really pushing the culture forward and i'm like man it's when we i I just felt like it was it was a vibe like right from no pun intended we'll get there but (laughs) it was a vibe you know from from jump when we met in this great connection man and you've just been a real one from day one and i just want to say once again welcome to the show Thank you, bro. Thank you. Jeez. Yes, sir. Hey, thank you. Don't <laughs> you Oh, man. Small me. Hey. <laughs> thank you, bro. You're a big deal. Let me tell you something. Um, on the way here, I was listening to Little Me. What? Yes, wow. I was. I was. The video that came out about a month ago, I think yeah. it was, the video came out, yeah. and I was watching it, and... And first of all, we want to say congrats because we're currently over 500K, actually almost 700K streams right yeah, now right. as we speak. Which and is, this just, which is crazy. Right. Th- yeah. This is like, so far, it's like the, the um, one of the biggest, you know, um, outcome I've had yeah. in, in my releases. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing because we're not even up to two months in and yeah. we're almost at, you know, three quarters of a, of a million streams. Yeah. We're chasing a million streams. Yeah. Which is amazing. I'm grateful, you know. So the vibe is addictive, you know yes, what I'm saying? People absolutely. are the vibe. Yeah. It's just one song. People yeah. are loving it. They're streaming yeah. it back to back. Yeah. So I'm grateful. Yes. That's all I can say. I'm grateful. Listen, and I meant to ask you, um, I'm gonna say how we say it in Nigeria, Litami. Chey. Yeah, Litami. <laughs> you bad. Wait, too, where are you getting all these? Uh, uh, the vibration is on the right on the right level. You know what I'm saying? I meant to ask you like what was the inspiration behind that song? Mm. You know? Yo, let me, okay. So Little Me, actually, I made that song this year. Mm-hmm. So it's actually one of the last songs on my upcoming project. Mm-hmm. I had other songs already. It wasn't going to be the song I was going to put out, honestly yeah. speaking, because I just recently released um, another single called Answer yeah. in March. Mm-hmm. 10th of March. Okay. So... I was still on the wave of answer. We was trying to record a, a music video, yeah. you know, promote the song, which is still doing very well. Yeah. And then 
I just say, you know what? Let's put out another record. Yeah. Something that's going to be like a Team Manny vibe because yeah. that is my natural sound. Mm-hmm. But like the inspiration behind that song was something about elevation. You know, okay. when it comes to our music, like African music, what is about elevating? Yes. And who do we elevate more? Our women. Yes. So I just felt like I needed to put out a vibe that was going to speak to the ladies. Yeah. Nothing too serious, yeah. you know, this time around. Just something to play around with yeah. the word. Because the word literally means so many things. Yes. <laughs> if I tell you the meaning, you go wrong. <laughs> it means a lot of things. Yeah. It's like control me, take yeah. advantage of me, yeah. um, be in charge of me. Ooh. You know, so it's like, you yeah. know, so I'm giving out the part to yes. the women, you know. Yes. So it's more like a feminist record. I'm going to oh, put wow. it that way. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So when I say, oh, yeah. So I'm like telling the lady, like, take over, take mm-hmm. control. So when I was writing the song, I was just like figuring out something that was going to be simple. And to be honest, one of the greatest producers in our recent time, Spells. Mm, shout out Spells. Shout out Spells. Yeah. Great, legend. Great, legend producer. Check he, out. Spells. Look my man up. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. Great sense. Spells is Whiskey. It's one of Whiskey's producers. Yeah. Tiwa Savage. He's yeah. probably a lot of big artists. So Spells has been a great brother to me. Like he's always been there for me, supported me since we came across parts. Yeah. And he sent me a couple beats. Mm. So he sent me um, a few and he told me, pick what you like. I was mm. like, wow, Spells sent me beats. You know, normally wow. producers like that don't just send beats to people, except yeah. there is a contract or there's a pre-agreement. But he like, took it upon himself and he felt like, you know, we had close enough for him to like share those private stuffs with me. Yeah. And then he sent them. I listened to the first one. I think enter my head. The wow. first one was yeah. the little me beat. Yeah. <laughs> I just replied to him. I said, bro, I love the beats. Yeah. I haven't even listened to the rest. I just yeah. said, I love the beats. He was like, take your time. Pick the ones you want and let yeah. me know. The next thing I started vibing to that one. I just had this melody in my head. I recorded it. And then I, I sent the beat back to Spells, mm-hmm. and he was like, I love the song. So mm-hmm. he added some more tunes to yeah, it, yeah, to yeah. like the outros and stuff yeah. like that, and then sent me the complete beat. And then I recorded it. And when I recorded it, I loved it. I recorded it in a, in a studio here um, called House of Picasso. Shout out to Picasso, my guy. Okay. And then um, I sent it to my engineer, Draft, mm-hmm. my day one yeah. engineer. And he makes a master. He was like, bro, this shit. Fire. Yeah. My bad. Excuse my language. Now nah, you good. You good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I was like, I felt 95. I mm. didn't feel 100. Okay. I felt like I needed to add something more. You know, like mm. we are the best critics of ourselves. Yes. You know, those of us in the creative in, mm-hmm. um, industry, we like yeah. to criticize our work before we put it out there. Yeah. So I say, you know what? I need to add one more thing to the song. Yeah. So I called my saxophonist, mm. Cordell. He's mm. in my band. Yeah. Shout out to Cordell. Yeah. One of my sax, one of my members of my band. And yeah. I told him, listen, I have a record for you. Yeah. This record is not out. If I send it to you, let nobody hear it. Otherwise, I will sue you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know what? Yeah. I need to, I need you to listen to this record, freestyle a saxophone on this record, yeah. and then send it back to me. Yeah. He said, no problem. I got you, bro. I yeah. sent it to him on Friday. On Sunday, he was like, bro, I'm done. On Monday, he sent me the wave five. I was like, nice. I yeah. went back to the studio, did a little chops of some of the melodies that he played, arranged it again, and sent it back to my engineer. Yeah. Makes a master. The song was ready. Wow. And that was how later me came to life. Man, that yeah. is amazing. Usually, you know, um, is anybody taking pictures? Can somebody please take pictures? Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> it. Um, yeah, like we, we need to capture the, the vibe of this place. Um, <laughs> but anyways, but usually on the show, we, we like to kick it off with a little toast. Oh yeah. So grab a cup. 
Okay. Yeah. This is wow. a toast to more life, Amen. more health, Amen. and more wealth. Amen. Amen. There it is. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's go. Nice. I know. I've yeah. been sober for like two months, so this is not alcoholic, y'all. <laughs> yeah, I've been saying it on every episode. They'd be like, Listen, what are you sipping on? This is not alcoholic. It's on the thing. We we looked at it. So it's just, you know, yes. Um let's talk about the best country in the world. <laughs> Nigeria. Yeah, Nigeria. <laughs> you know, it's an incredible journey that you have. It was so amazing because we have a lot in common, not just yeah. because we're both, you know, we're repping Nigeria, yeah, but also because just like you, I also wanted to study medicine. Really? Yes, absolutely. Wow. Um, you know what I mean? Because I don't know something about Nigerian parents. I, I always joke. I say, if you're not a, a doctor, a lawyer, engineer, you're a disgrace to the family. Facts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. So <laughs> it, th that was the path that I was on. But you know what I'm saying? Like deep down within... I just knew it wasn't for me. Mm. The hardest conversation I ever had with my dad was when I told him, I never forget Northwest DC. I told him this was before I went to UDC. I was like, I don't want, this is not what I want to do. Right. He was so disappointed, you know? <laughs> and the day before he died, my father passed in my junior of college, 2014, the day before he passed, it was so scary. Like um, he walks into my room and he says to me, what is it that you want to do again? I told him radio, TV and film and all that good stuff, so I could write scripts, produce, I could do the whole nine, everything. Um, that was the first time that my father actually gave his blessings. Wow. And he says, you know, you're going to make it, God is going to help you. He said that today, the next day he died. Wow. You know? Um, and so when I hear your story, I want you to tell the people, because, you know, I know the backstory, but people watching, they may not know your journey of how you were on that path as well. And what turned you in a different direction? Wow. It's a sensitive one, you know? Because, <laughs> I mean, growing up as a kid, yeah, there was a lot of pressure being the last. So I had to look at what everybody's doing, and I had to do something better. Yeah. So there was only that pressure on me to always do better, be better, um, prove myself, yeah. you know, show that I can achieve, yeah. you know? And... Um, my siblings, my elder siblings, I have a brother and three sisters. All of them were art inclined. Mm. Like, even one of my sisters actually studied theater arts, wow. like movies and yeah. stuff. My brother, linguistics. Yeah. My older sister is a lawyer, mm. you know? So I was the only person who had the, 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 the interest for science. Mm. So mathematics, biology, chemistry, those things were not hard for me. I don't know, somehow it was just, it just clicked with my brain because I was very studious. So even though the talent was always there, as a kid, I was in the choir, I played instruments, I played the keyboard. So that was like skills. My family didn't see that as something to pursue. They saw that as, yeah, he's skills. He could dance, he could sing, he's talented. Well, he's going to be a doctor. So it was only, they always said that word. So it was like something I had to fulfill. I had to do it because if I don't become a doctor, then I'm a failure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it wasn't no joke. It was a serious thing because I wasn't only going to be the, it was more like I'm the only person left. Every other person has taken a different field. So 
If I say, oh, well, I can't be a doctor, my brother is already a doctor, that's not even in the question. Mm. So I was left with the option to make it in science as a doctor. Mm. I got into the medical school. Mm. Swiftly, like easily, because of the brains. Got into the medical field. Passed my first MBBS exams, like we call it in Nigeria, Bachelor of Medicine exam. Passed my second MBBS exam. Going well, you know? But along the line, I wasn't feeling the internal fulfillment. Like, I didn't feel like I was doing something that I was going to celebrate in future or I was going to, like, work with in future. It didn't feel right for me, you know? Because even between the medical school, I was still doing low-key, doing musical stuff, you know, playing instruments, singing, writing songs naturally, you know? Yeah. And it was it was a tough call because I actually did graduate as a clinical anatomist, wow. you know? So I have a Bachelor of Science degrees in cell biology, clinical anatomy, you know, pathology and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then I had two or three more years to complete my medicine to become a doctor. <sighs> that was the time I said to myself, like, bro, this is where you got to make this decision. Because if you take this route, you can't just do it for doing sake. You got to actually practice. Yeah. You know? So it was either you do that or you do the music that you're passionate about. Because music was my daily life. Even while I studied those big books in school, I got my ears locked on music. Yeah. Without music, I can't even study. There's a couple of people that can't focus with noise and sound. Yeah. People put their legs into waters to read. Different things. People take drugs. People take, you know. But me, once I put music on, I could read for 16 hours. I actually did pass out one day in the medical school. I fainted. Wow. Yeah. I was reading in my class. A couple of my classmates who might watch this podcast, they can testify to that. I was actually studying for exams, and I didn't eat. That's on me, because <laughs> I, I was studying. I wanted to be the first in the class. I studied for almost 16 hours that day, and then for some, I don't know, I was studying, and the next thing I woke up in the hospital. Wow. Yeah, they rushed me to the emergency ward, and I woke up. I was like, what, what happened? Everybody was like, keep calm, just keep calm. And then later they told me that while I was talking, I just fell off the chair and that was it. Mm. And they had to rush me with the ambulance and all that. So that's how studios I was. Yeah. So back to the story. I get my degree. Now it's time to follow with medicine. I'm like, you know what? I got to escape. Mm. So I started searching schools outside of Nigeria. Yeah. Because I felt like that was the only way I was going to be able to find a space to do what I want to do without being judged or without the pressure from my dad. Mostly my dad. Because mm. my mom was soft on me. She yeah. didn't really have that pressure. Like, yeah. you have Mom, to do moms this. Moms are always like that. Even yeah. my mom too, yeah. Right. But my dad was very stern. And he still is to this day. You won't believe it. You know? So I found South Africa. And I told him I want to go to South Africa to further my studies. God knows that was not true. <laughs> <laughs> so they gave me their blessings to go to South Africa to follow my studies in the medical field. Yeah. But I get there, the first thing I'm looking for is how to make music. Wow. <laughs> and then that's how I found my way into music over there, recorded my first ever studio song. Because yeah. prior to that, I never been in the studio to record. I recorded a song and then that song made it to a radio competition in South Africa, yeah. won the award for best new artist out of 5,000 submissions. Yeah. And then I'm like... What song was that? 
It's called Girl for the Night. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. This is a long time ago. Yeah. I'm talking about 20. I, I, was, I don't know why I thought it was something like I don't know why I thought it was that. No, Anyways, it, yeah. Because I was listening to something like the other day. Oh, yeah. yeah I was. Yeah. 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 That, that was, was like four years ago, actually. Right. Yeah. So when that happened, I knew that this is what I was meant to do. Mm. And then I just faced music all the way out, put everything in it. And here we are. So, so how did you, your dad, how did you tell him? Like, was he. <laughs> walla 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 <laughs> walla 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 <laughs> it don't happen <laughs> yo i was actually hiding doing music and hiding because i wow. was out of the country so it was difficult to track what i was doing yeah but social media weekend yes <laughs> you know this day i need you can't hide for long no you can't you can't hide so i was doing it low key my brother knew about it my sisters knew about it they were supporting me and I actually got into radio, TV, White Day in South Africa with that single, and it was doing well. And I was just hiding myself from, you know, anything that has to do with him. But unfortunately, along the line, um, August 1st, 2015, mm-hmm. while I was in Johannesburg, South Africa, yeah. I lost my mom. Oh, man. So sorry to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I lost my mom. And that. that was like, the, that was a down moment for mm. me, you know. It's crazy. August 1st. You know, mm. it's about to be an anniversary pretty wow. soon. So that was when I packed my bag, packed everything I was doing, forgot about the whole music, and went back to Nigeria. Yeah. You know, the rides, the funeral, spent a couple months with my dad after that. So that period, I was, you know, I, I actually forgot about music. I'm like, mm. no, I'm not doing this. Because I started to feel guilty. I started yeah. to feel upon myself like, damn, maybe if I was a doctor, I probably would have been at home. Yeah. I probably would have, you know, taken care of us. So I was putting that pressure on myself, yeah. you know. For why, but later on, after like almost a year, I stopped doing music. After a year, then I try to pick myself back up mm. with the music thing, and then I kind of try to chip it into my dad. The conversation yeah. still didn't want to hear it. Yeah, but my elder sisters, you know, they 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 helped me tell him that this boy's talented. You got to let him do what he want to do. And then in twenty, I think twenty seven, two years after that, I moved to the states. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He still wasn't hearing it. He didn't want to hear it until the first day he saw me on TV. Ooh. He saw my music video on TV Ooh. back in Nigeria. Yeah. And he was like, that's my song. That's my song. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. You got to give them something to be proud of. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he, since then, he's been blessing and praying. Anytime he speaks with me, how's the music? Yeah. How's the oh, music? man. That's who, beautiful. Who are you working with now? You know? Yeah. So the interest is. I don't think yeah. people understand, like, you know, our Nigerian upbringing, man, like, Listen, you cannot play with your education. That's very important. Yeah. I want you to talk about how, you know, how Ni- being Nigerian, I always say that our hustle is on a whole different level. Oh my God. Like, I want you to talk about how that prepared you for what you're doing now and how you move through life. Yeah, honestly, that's what I'm grateful. Yes. I'm, first of all, I'm grateful to be Nigerian. Yeah. Secondly, I'm grateful to have been born in africa yes you know because that instilled in me discipline mm. resilience you know strength yeah instilled in me the zeal yes. to not give up yeah because that helped me and then living in not just lagos nigeria but being an african and yeah. then living in nigeria and growing up back home seeing yeah. the struggle the struggle is your motivation yeah you know it kind of made me realize that if i could survive in nigeria yeah I could survive anywhere in the world. Mm. And if you could survive in Africa as an African, you could survive anywhere in the world. Absolutely. The struggles 
you know, ranges from different countries. Every mm-hmm. other African country, they have their struggle. But we're speaking about my country, Nigeria mm-hmm. now. The, the Nigeria is the place where I have seen and experienced people working around the clock. Real life working around the clock. Like yeah. you work, you finish that work, you go to another work, you start another work, and sometimes you walk till midnight. Yeah. Get two or three hours sleep, get back up and hustle. Yeah. You know, I've yeah. seen like my uncles, my people my, yeah. that have worked three to four jobs yeah. in Lagos. I've lived with my elder sister and her husband gets home at 1 a.m. and leaves at 4.30 a.m. Mm. Back when I was in Nigeria. Yeah. So those things put in me that discipline. Even yeah. when I started to work and hustle, I realized that, no, bro, all you have is the time you're alive. Mm. Know what I'm saying? We didn't come to this life to. I'm, I know we have to take care of our health, yeah. which is very important. But you got to realize that your active years. Let mm-hmm. me put it that way: your active years you have to keep them active. Mm. Amen. Otherwise, yeah, hmm, you're not gonna make it. To oh this man, life. that's golly! It's it's already a lot, and we haven't even. Yeah, we're good. We're good. We, we we're good in time. All right. What time is it? Somebody give me a time check. What time is it exactly? <laughs> 534, okay, cool. We're good. We're good in time. Um, let's talk about, because, you know, I, w- I, was, I was thinking to myself, like, how does one get a call or how does one get connected to Akon to get signed to Convict Music and everything? Like, how did, because I was thinking to myself, like, well, he started doing music and then, like, not too long after that, like, he's got this deal going on. You know what I mean? And, and I know that... Um, your manager pulled the whole thing together, but, and you said that that was, I watched an interview, you were saying that that was one of, you were always looked up to him, so you're, someone that you've always wanted to work with, and that was like a dream come true for you. Did you know that he was working behind the scenes to make that deal happen, that your manager was working behind the scenes to make that deal happen? Uh, at that time, no, I didn't, okay. honestly. It was when he called me to the city yeah. to hang out, and I thought he was taking me to a fashion show or something as usual or to, you know, meet some people that could work with me. Yeah. And then I I just saw Akon come out of the building. And I'm like, wow, this is unbelievable. You yeah. know, I'm like, wow. And then CB, my manager at that time, was yeah. just laughing because he already, you know, made that happen, you know. Yeah. yeah. That was how it happened. I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's been an amazing ride, you know. Songs like Why Not? Ah, right now. Yo, that's a dope <laughs> single. You know my songs, man. Hey, I, I, tr- yeah. I try. I try to keep up. Because, you know, I was telling somebody that, you know, Afro Beats is so huge. Like, there are so many artists yeah. right now. Um, and I, I, I don't just listen to, like, the big names that everybody knows. And I was like, you know when you're a true fan. When you listen to everybody, like anyone that puts something out right now, I mean, you, I mean, a lot of people know Burner Boy, the Davy Doe's, and the Whiskers, and Thames, and all of those guys. But I'm like, yo, there's so many people that you guys don't know about. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, then, so I try to make sure I listen to everything that's going on, everything that's out there. Yeah. I love techno. That's my guy. Techno, like, even, of course, a lot of people know him now with everything that he's done, but I just feel like Afrobeats is huge, and I make sure that I pay attention to it. When it pops up on my YouTube page, regardless of who it is, I'll save right. it for later to go back and listen to it. So I make sure I, I like listen that. to everything. Um, but, you know, I got Team Any on my list for sure, my playlist that I always listen to. Um, a bunch of other people. But, you know... Um, Wynum, I love I love the vibe of that song for sure. 
And I wanted to ask you this. You talked about, because everyone has their own thing, right? Mm. And your style of music is called Afro Switch, you know? Yeah. First of all, talk to us about what Afro Switch is and um, how did you come up with the name Afro Switch? Like, yeah. Yeah, Afro Switch is it's a combination of sounds mm. based on my experience yeah. and where I have lived as an artist, Okay, you know? Um, so... When I was growing up, I listened to a lot of R&B, reggae, and Afrobeat. So mm. I listened to Fela Kuti, I listened to Bob Marley, I listened to Boys to Men, I listened to Craig David, yeah. uh, you know. So these people kind of influenced me. So I wanted to create, when I started creating music professionally, I wanted to create something that resonated with my experience as an artist or as a listener. And so my, my tune <laughs> kind of... Bless you. So Thank my you. tune kind of transcribed into combination of Afro fusion of R&B mm. with a little bit of Caribbean sonics. Wow. Yes. Because yeah. I listen to a lot of Caribbean music, yes. mostly reggae and dancehall. Yeah. So that is why I created that word called Afro switch. Mm. So it's a fusion of R&B, yeah. Afro beats, and Caribbean sonics. Yeah. So all three genres in one. So you got to switch it up. You know? I love it. Take yes, it sir. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Hey, man, listen. Burner Boy, you open for Burner Boy. That was like, was that was that a year ago? How long was it? Well, actually, it that is. Two, that was a bit in, of a year. That was in July yeah. of 2022. Yeah, it's been about a year ago, man. And yeah. I saw the footage. Oh, yeah? Oh, my God. We're going to drop it right here. We're going to put <laughs> you got Y'all going to see it. I mean, it was crazy, man. Um, your state... You know, I feel like the vibe gang, like they go crazy. Yeah. Them Bamas be litty on stage. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hey, how like how was that experience? Was that like your first big like um event that you like um like as far as like size and space and the number of people? Was that like the first big one that you did? Um I would say Yeah, I'll likely say that because that was about ten thousand people. Wow. Yeah, so that was that was huge. That was in Detroit. Yeah, it was Detroit. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was huge. That was a huge crowd. And I was the only person opening for him. Wow. You know, because he usually don't do opening acts. Yeah. So I don't know why that happened. Yeah. You know, but it happened. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was it was huge. And they all turned their lights for I me. Said, it was they beautiful. Was crazy people got on stage oh, and yeah. danced with me, yeah. you know? Yeah, it was huge for me. So getting that call and that confirmation was really amazing. Yeah. So I had to prepare myself mentally, spiritually, physically as well. You know, yeah. as an artist, you always need to exercise, you yeah. know, no matter what. So I was ready. Yeah. And I had a whole 13-minute set. Wow. So I actually did almost 40 minutes. Yeah. So being an opening act and the only opening act. So it was amazing. I ran the whole set. Um, shout out to DJ Anarchy who played for me that night. It was amazing. It yeah. was great. Like yeah. I enjoyed it. What, what did he say? What did he say after the show? Oh, you mean Burner Boy? Yeah. Did y'all talk like after like backstage? Yeah. Backstage. What, how, was he? How what did he? What did he say? I, I definitely the show that to show the side hog and you know, I were like nice one, nice one. You know, nice one, nice one. Nice one. <laughs> the way he talked, that was it. <laughs> Honestly, that was all I got. Nice yeah. one, nice one. But you yeah. know, like the fact that I to to know that he actually did watch it and yeah. you know that's that's something because these days a lot of big artists. Some of them don't really pay attention to the openings for mm -hmm. their shows. And I think it's necessary as a performer. You want to make sure the stage is right. Everything is right. The mic is right. Yeah. It's good to always see your opening acts as yeah. well. 
you know, so you could see how they're performing and, you know, be a part of their story. For yeah. real, for real. We're going to say congrats to you. Thank you. <laughs> because um, you just um, recently, you were added to the... The, the academy, you're a member of the, the, the academy, you're a member, you're a voting member, let me get it right, of the academy. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, there's the Grammys. That means now he has an opportunity to be at the table when it comes to, talk about, it, it, you know, I, I, I told you off camera, I was like, I am so excited to see your, your journey and your success. Um, it's inspiring to me. It means a lot to me. You know, because coming from where we come from and your journey and everything coming this far and making it, it's just beautiful to see that. Um, for those who don't know, what does this new responsibility, what does this mean in terms of you being able to impact culture mm-hmm. and the industry? It's heavy. Yeah. You know, one I'm grateful for. Um, as a member, I get a chance to nominate. I also get a chance to vote. Yeah. And also get a chance to have an input in in the the rules, the regulations, and conditions that are being placed with regards to categories and yeah. nominations for the Recording Academy. I also get to attend the Recording Academy, obviously, as a member. So it entails a lot, and it's it's amazing that in, in a time like this, where African music in general is like a mainstay, a global attention given that we are now doing arenas yeah. around the world doing stadiums it's a perfect time to have representation yeah in a platform like that yeah. not just for me but for every other person from africa that has been nominated or has been included in the recording academy yeah so definitely i'll definitely when i'm there i'll be representing africa more yeah interests of the black movement in general yes and africa and everything that is black so like um Wale said, "Yeah, we're rooting for everything that's black." Yes, you know. So, yeah, Wale said that. Issa Rae said that too. Um, you're a Pan Africanist. Yeah. What does that mean, and why is that important to you to be a Pan Africanist? Well, it means that I do not identify by a particular tribe, mm-hmm. um, religious background, or belief, or country. It means identify as an entire Africa. So I represent the entirety of Africa. Yeah. And you can even see that in my team. Yeah. My manager is from Sierra Leone. Yeah. Shout out Slim. Shout out to Slim, my manager. Yes. Uh, <laughs> my uh, other member of my team, my bookie manager is from Senegal. Yeah. Um, my entire team is yeah. Pan-African. Yes. You know, and not just in my team, we all represent Pan-Africanism. Like yeah. Slim and I are currently... Um, ambassadors of the proposed kingdom of Kush. Mm. And the kingdom of Kush is a new sovereign nation that is going to be a modern classical envy of the world. Mm. The kingdom of Kush is going to is, is, a, is between southern Egypt and northern Sudan. Mm. And this kingdom is going to be a new home for the all of diaspora. That's amazing. So when I say all of diaspora, I'm talking about everybody black yes you nigerian i'm nigerian you yeah. african every black person here yeah. is jamaican yeah but he's also african yeah so the kingdom of course is for everybody yeah and it's going to be a modern world-class nation yeah that is actually going to be the envy of the world you've seen dubai yes it's going to be in the past wow you've seen istanbul 
you've seen um Thailand, anywhere, name anywhere, the kingdom of Kush is the future. Mm. And it's going to be a home for everybody, a yeah. sovereign nation yeah. where everybody can come back and feel at home. Yeah. And definitely it's in Africa. Yeah. And that is not even in Nigeria. We're talking about Egypt and Sudan. Yeah. And I'm an ambassador representing that kingdom. Yeah. Slim is an ambassador representing that kingdom. Yeah. So as youths, we are going to be calling on all the youths around the world to join us in this movement as we build the new future of Africa. Mm. That is Pan-Africanism Amen. at its peak. I love it. I love it. Where, where is my applause sound effect? Let me look for it. <laughs> yeah. A lot of work. You know, we're going to do a lot of work. A lot of work has to be done. I'm so know, proud of you, man. I'm that. so proud of you. Che- cheers to that again. <laughs> cheers to that. Yes, that that is huge. That is huge. Yes. We have a lot of work to do. Listen. But we're up for the tax. I'm so proud of it. I'm so proud of you and everything that you're doing. Thank you. And I was thinking to myself, I went to see my mom the other day. I was like, Ma, you know what? I don't care if people want to look for the African roots and whatever. We're not looking for recruits in Africa. Like, we're, we're <laughs> it's enough of us. Everywhere you go, we're out there. Whether you want to identify with the kind, I don't care. You know, I'm so proud of who we are and where we come from. Right. You know, if you want to identify that you're not doing us a favor, I don't care how big the celebrity is. You're not doing us a favor. You know, um, that's how I feel about it. Right. But you feel like we all should be together. I'm, yeah, don't get me wrong. We, I, we should all be together. But I'm saying, though, like if you don't want to, that's cool. We're good. <laughs> but it's important that we are all together. Unity. Yeah. Um, I think that there should be. Our understanding the nuance of our culture, mm-hmm. I think I think it's very important. And yeah. you know, wherever we find each other, to come together and to 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 work together and to make things happen, um, because I think that historically, wherever there's a black been black people, where white people took over in some way, shape, or form, whether we're being colonized or being enslaved, one of the things that they did was to divide the people. Yep. There was always to create division. So in, in the continent, of course, you guys have seen movies like Hotel Rwanda, where you have the Hutus and the Tutsis, I think it was. Yeah. And of course, here in good old U.S. of A, you, has, you had your house Negro versus your field Negro. Yeah. So there's always this thing to put a division between um, black people. So I think, and at the end of the day, I always, I always say, who stands to gain when we're divided? Right. I am not your problem. You know, right. you are not my problem. Like your brother, he's not your, what we're fighting against is white supremacy. Yep. You know what I mean? That is the real enemy. That's true. So even when I think about sometimes this thing between Africans and African-Americans, I'm like, who stands to gain from that division? Like, right. you know, I have my own thoughts and, and where that came from. A lot of it has to do with, of course, you know, the fact that all of these negative stereotypic um, perceptions is being created and propagated about us as a people um, which resulted in what we have right now. But in your own opinion, what do you think is like the 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 origin of this thing between Africans and African Americans? Where we can't we in some instances, it's just like we're looking down on each other. Like mm. the African is feeling like he's better than African American, and vice versa. Like where did that come from? Well, in your opinion, we all know where it came from. Yeah, it came from white supremacy. Yeah, because um, in history, when they came to Africa and found that we already knew a lot of things they wanted to bring to us. Yeah. They decided to give us the Bible. Yeah. So they gave us this book, 
and they said this book will guide you yeah and lead you to an eternal life yeah um i'm a christian yeah and i believe in the word of god i believe yeah. in the bible yeah but the 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 clergy at the time yeah the missionaries at that time they had a different motive yes and their motive was not to come and give us salvation yeah their motive was to come and take from us yeah our power our leadership our traditional rulers yeah back in the time yeah. and by doing that they they exchanged religion for our resources which mm. is still happening to today yeah you know you see people in poverty not being able to eat three times a day but they can gather enough tithe to take to the church on oh, yeah. Sunday oh, yeah. and give to a, uh, a pastor yeah. back home in Africa and they're still in poverty, yeah. you know? So this division started back then after they separated, they took power from our leaders by giving them things like the Bible, guns, and all those things. Now, they took our people as objects, as subjects, yeah. as materials, and exchanged them, yeah. right? And then your wealth depended on how many slaves you had. Mm. So after they took our people out of the country and yeah. took them to America, the first thing they tried to do was to rip them off their tradition, mm. to rip them off their heritage, yeah. to change their names and yeah. give them names of slaves. Mm. You know, So they realized that the population of this continent is fast growing. And definitely by estimation, by 2050, if care is not taken, we will be the majority mm -hmm. because... Almost every household will have a mixed race yeah. in their lineage. And to them, they don't want that in their blood. Yeah. So the best thing they could do was to divide us, was to give us feeling of superiority. That's why we had the slaves in the, in the, in, in the house and the slaves on the farm. Yeah. And then they made our own people watch us slaves do their work and ask, give our own people guns and make them feel elevated in a certain way. So that already was a division. Yeah. Now, modern day, let's take it back to modern day, politics and everything, democracy, sovereignty, whatever they call it. Finding out that these people have now gotten liberation, you know, after 400 years of slavery, they realize that the best way to make these people feel that they cannot have a sense of belonging is to separate them from their continent, which oh. is Africa. Yeah. So... How's the best way to do that? They had to give us their own narrative through yeah. the media. They had to pump the media. You see the media, you see what happens to them on the media. Yeah. You see them telling you with a dollar you can feed a kid a day. What nonsense is that? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And telling you to donate to Red Cross and all yeah. that. So that was the information and education they started pumping on our people yeah. here. Yeah. So that we will feel like it's filled back home. Yeah. I don't want to go back there. Yeah. Why would I go to that shithole? Yeah. When I'm already living a life. I got EBT. Yeah. I got food stamps. Yeah. I got insurance. I got this. I got that. And now when kids come home, come here from there to study, because of the way our kids are being taught in school here, they see people from there as less of themselves. Mm. And now the people from there come thinking that we all look alike and we are the same, yeah. and now you're telling me we're not the same. Yeah. Why? Because of what the white man has taught you. Absolutely. That we are less. Yeah. I actually met a, a, a lady recently that I told her I was from Africa, and she asked me the dumbest question ever. She oh. asked me that, oh, nice, you're from Africa. Where? I said Nigeria. She said, oh, okay. Some of them don't even know that Africa is a continent. They think Africa is a country. And then the next thing she will say is, um, when you come out of your house, do you see wild animals, the elephants, and everything? I didn't even know what to respond. This is black or white person? 
This was a white person. Oh yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. She was not, she was not, she was serious. She was not joking. She was serious. She wasn't this joking. This is crazy. Wow. Yeah, she was a white person. Well, yeah. actually, an, a, a, another person of color have also asked me questions like this before. Mm -hmm. I've had a conversation with a friend. Yeah. She's African-American. Yeah. And up until she was in her 20s, like mid-20s, she didn't realize that we had infrastructures that yeah. look like this in yeah. Africa. Yeah. You know? She saw these things and she was like, wow, they have beautiful houses like this in Africa. She actually yeah. opened her mouth to say that. Yeah. Some people don't even know that the richest black person in the world yeah. is from Africa. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So media put them in a, in, in a, in a pedestal yeah. above their own people. Yeah. So that was the divide. That's yeah. the separation. Yeah. So a lot of us have a lot of education to do. Yeah. Social media is not just for TikTok. It's not yeah. just for the latest dance or the latest whatever. Yeah. We have a lot of learning to do. Yes. We still have to do our research. And yeah. all the materials are there. Yeah. We're just being lazy now. Yeah. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Because now it's there. Before they control the media. Yeah. Now you have resources. You have access. Yeah. That is for their side. And then for our side, we come here mm -hmm. and we, we feel treated less yeah. by our own people that look like us. Yeah. So now there's this aggression. There's this... Mm -hmm animosity yeah you african booty scratcher yeah, yeah, yeah. come on yeah yeah they called us african booty that's scratcher. crazy yeah. bro your own people not yeah. even the white people yeah but we can't be mad at them right you know why because they didn't know more yeah they were ignorant yeah that is the word yeah. so but now there's no excuse for ignorance Amen. anymore yes so if you still do that that's on you yes listen i could where, where did the manager go? What I could talk to my brother all day. What time? What time we got? What's the time? Oh man, listen, it's amazing, man. Thank you. I just want to make sure. Five fifty, five fifty-five. Okay, um, we got a lot to talk about, but I mean, we've actually touched on everything I have on here. To be honest with you, um. Just for the ladies that are watching, are you dating? Are you in a relationship? What's that looking like? Yeah, man's taken. Okay. <laughs> he is off the market. Um, but I wanted, to, I wanted to close with this. When it's all said and done, when you look back, what do you want your legacy to be? Mm. I want to be remembered as that person that, first of all, never gave up on his dream. Yeah. But also that person that didn't didn't bend, you know. When I say bend, I mean someone who didn't have to compromise his ideology of life yeah. for the sake of appraisal. Yeah, you know, because a lot of people in this industry they often do things that they ordinarily wouldn't do just yeah. to get ahead. Yeah. So I want to be remembered as that one person that stood for what is right. Yeah. That one person that unapologetic yeah that one person that needed bend to certain rules yeah just so he could get ahead of the game yeah because i believe in taking my time yeah i believe in trusting the process yeah i believe in doing it right yeah because i believe in consistency and longevity yeah over overnight success yeah yeah so t manny is gonna be that person that stood for his people did the right thing believed in himself and believed in the people as well yeah and impact lives, impacted yeah. lives. Amen, amen. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming in the show. I appreciate you. Thank you. Um, I'm always team Team Annie. I'm a member, a proud member of the Vibe, Vibe Gang. Yeah. Yes, Cheers. absolutely. 
Um, and thank you guys so much for rocking with us. Listen, you know where to find the music. Look for the, it's everywhere. My man is everywhere. So tap in with him, tap in with everything that we have going on. Um, and we are going to see you in another episode of, you know, the High Vibrations Only podcast where we're all about inspiration, motivation, and elevation. God bless y'all.